And we are live. It is Wednesday at 5 p.m. I know you're kind of confused. I'm in a bit too. It's the holidays. I've been off on vacation. Time doesn't matter at this moment to me. I didn't even realize today was Wednesday until I actually woke up. But this is the Scumbags Wrestling episode number 135. And we are live on Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook. And hopefully you're listening to us later on on iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, Wherever you get your podcasts from, we're available. So like us, subscribe, join us. We're available to have you part of the roundtable. Today, hopefully, it's going to be a little bit shorter uh, one than last week. Last week, we went over two hours talking to Holden Albright, and we thank Holden Albright for his time and uh, look forward to having him and others with us in the future as uh, 2021 starts. This week, we're going to talk about Go Hard uh, Pro and the results of that show, and then some news. Unfortunately, there's some sad news, but we can't do that until we bring in Steven from Toronto. You think two hours? You think two hours? What? We were on after this with Holden for me and Chris Maloney until like quarter after 11. Yeah, so it was like another two hours. Yeah, we had another like hour and a half talk off air with him about lots of interesting things, which was actually kind of fun. It was interesting. We can't talk about it, but uh, yeah, you had to leave, but we just kept talking and it was a good time. Yeah, I was surprised that it kept on going uh, after I even logged off because I thought as the source uh, computer that it would have cut you guys off, and I was feeling bad about that, but then you told me it was till quarter after 11, and I'm like, wow, I could have even hopped back in if I had known. Uh, But, yeah, so thank you to Holden Albright, as I said, and hopefully we'll be able to do another uh, time with him and others uh, as it goes forward and maybe even get involved with uh, Go Hard Pro uh, when they go for their second uh, venture because – if you saw the ending, it said "will return," and I believe uh, the initials were spelling out "prom." So we'll find out what that all means. But uh, we'll talk about Go Hard Pro after uh, some of the unfortunate, sad news. Um, first up, I'm going to uh, bring it is legendary wrestler Danny Hodge passed away on Christmas Day at the age of eighty-eight. Uh, he was trained by Leroy McGurk and Ed Strangler Lewis. Hodge uh, made his uh, professional wrestling debut in October of 1959 and had uh, major feuds with NWA junior heavyweight champion Angelo uh, Savoldi. Uh, Hodge's rivalry with him led to a bizarre event. Hodge's father entered the ring during a boxing match on the May 27, 1960 between Hodge and uh, Savoldi and stabbed Savaldi with a pen knife. Crazy. Uh, Savaldi uh, required 70 uh, stitches at a local hospital while Hodge's father was arrested. Then in uh, 1960, July, uh, Hodge uh, defeated Savaldi for the junior heavyweight uh, championship at the Stockyards Coliseum in Oklahoma. Hodge became McGurk's, uh, Leroy McGurk's principal headliner, and by 62, I uh, made upwards of $80,000 a year. That's like huge money compared to uh, the time and what it is now. Hodge uh, was a uh, perennial NWA junior heavyweight uh, champion holding the title eight times for a total of 10 years, longer than anyone else. In 2007, he was inducted into the Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame. He made an appearance on WWE Raw uh, in 2005 and 2012. And when he was honored by fellow Oklahoman uh, Jim Ross, and then WWE Hall of Fame and seven-time world champion Bret Hart had referred to Hodge as one of the greatest wrestlers in pro wrestling and amateur wrestling uh, there has ever been, and described uh, being in the same room as Hodge in the 2008 uh, NW National Wrestling Hall of Fame Museum Award as being a big honor. So, Danny Hodge uh, was born. May 13th, 1932, and died 
it's uh, actually saying uh, December 24th um, instead of Christmas Day. But he lived his whole life in Perry, Oklahoma. A um, lot of uh, different things about uh, Hodge over the years. Legends of crushing uh, apples and pliers and stuff like that. I probably was not one of the guys you'd ever want to meet up with. And if MMA had been around, he probably would have dominated it the way he was. Uh, any thoughts on the passing of Danny Hodge there, Stephen? Um, don't know much, that much about him. I have heard the the story about his father climbing in the ring and stabbing his opponent multiple times on Jim Cornette's um, podcast, which always makes me laugh because people forget that wrestling used to be taken very seriously. Uh, there used to be riots all the time. So, I mean, he is one of the original grapplers that made wrestling wrestling. So, I mean, our thoughts and prayers go to his family. Yeah. So, and at 88, unfortunately, can't really say it's unexpected. Uh, definitely lived a full life. As opposed to the next person we unfortunately need to talk about, and that was uh, on Saturday, the word came out that John Huber, uh, people would recognize as uh, Brody Lee if, and Dark Order from AEW, and as well as uh, Luke Harper in WWE. So as you see on the graphic on the uh, screen right now, uh, AEW put out uh, the statement that all elite wrestling family is heartbroken. In an industry filled with good people, John Huber was ex exceptionally respected, beloved in every way. A fierce and captivating talent, a thoughtful uh, mentor, and uh, simply a very kind soul that starkly contrasts his persona as Mr. Brody Lee. John's love for his wife, Amanda, and children, Brody and Nolan, was evident to all of us who were fortunate to spend time with him, and we uh, send our love and support to his beautiful family today and always. John's popularity among his peers and influence on the wrestling world was worldwide and transcended AEW, so this loss will be felt for uh, many for a long time. We were privileged at AEW to call John Huber a brother, a friend, and one of our own. Uh, so that is their statement uh, and the passing of John Huber. His wife uh, posted a couple statements thanks to uh, some people that uh, wrote reports that uh, probably shouldn't have oops, and uh, were a little bit, uh, you know, insensitive, I'd say. But she wanted to also stress that this was not COVID-related. It was a lung disease that sort of crept up on uh, John. He had a wonderful uh, uh, chain match, dog collar match with uh, Cody. Uh, turned out it was his last match for the TNT uh, Championship on uh, AEW. Lost it, and you would expect him to be on away for a bit, but he was away for a longer period of time and not uh, being anything with AEW. And I guess uh, that's when stuff started uh, happening. Uh, he was working out and couldn't finish a workout. And uh, I guess Amanda had let uh, AEW know what was going on, but they kept it quiet for their privacy. Um, so a lot of people have been uh, putting up honors. Your thoughts on uh, the passing of Brody Lee? I mean, it was very shocking. I know I privately messaged you when I first saw the statement because I did not want to post it unless it was true. So I dig in doing research as quick as you can, trying to make sure this is real because no one wants to post something. And I was very shocked because he was only 41. Um, honestly, my first thought was COVID, but after his wife, you know, posted it was non COVID related. It was a long issue doing more research. It looked like even back, in the WWE, he had this lung issue, and it was just unfortunate. He was on a Peloton and couldn't finish his workout, and he went to the Mayo. He ended up in the Mayo Clinic, and he had been there for two plus months since October. 
I mean, uh, we're not going to mention the name, but the goofball wrote that it was that AEW ha- should have released that he was sick. No, oh, well, I don't end up mentioning it uh, as part of this uh, whole thing because um, they. The person in question was Keith Mitchell. I mean, Bruce. Sorry, Bruce Mitchell of PW Torch, and uh, he basically was, as you said, demanding to uh, say that uh, the family and AEW des- uh, should have let fans and reporters and all this know, and thought it was suspicious. Well, people can get cancer and take them really quickly as well. So to say that you know, oh, this has to be something suspicious. He doesn't know jack shit about it and i guess um wade keller of pw torch uh felt the same way especially after amanda uh huber spoke out about uh this whole issue and also um chris hero and a few others had uh, complaints about what bruce mitchell wrote and actually bruce mitchell apparently is now fired from pw torch because of this erroneous and stupid uh way of uh posting uh news or demanding for news uh, like he's some sort of actual journalist. Yeah, I was very... Yeah, they they parted ways after 30 years with Bruce Mitchell. I'm not surprised. And uh, I was very surprised that that A hit any sort of internet site um, that I, yeah, that surprised me. I mean, he was 41. We got to give his family and his friends time to grieve. Oh, of course. Um, I mean, demanding to know that he was sick. No. We don't have the right to know that. Just know that he passed away, and whatever information the family is willing to release, be happy with that. Like, who are we yeah. to demand things? Yeah, I was surprised that because I read the article and I was like, because I saw it and I was like, this has to be like a satire. Like, he must be ribbing on. Like, be, someone must have said something on Twitter, and he must be going after him. I'm reading the article and I'm thinking who in the fucking hell are you to demand that AEW and the family tell the fans that he was sick in the first place and then basically say, oh, us wrestling media should always be aware of things. No! no. Fuck you! That'd be like finding out at I mean, Smash because obviously that's who we like to go see the most. Why say someone who was advertised just magically disappeared. It's happened before. And, you know, even uh, going back as far as referencing smash, you know, was it our uh, need to know everything of what happened with uh, uh, the beast King getting uh, stripped of his uh, championship? There was uh, reports that stuff happened in his uh, home area and that was it. You know, they, just said he's no longer associated with us, and fans just need to accept that. But somebody's health issues that end up causing a death, that's just ridiculous. Well, like, yeah, it's to the point. Like, how many of these wrestlers on the big leagues and in the independence have had a family member die or something personal happen that they can't make a show? It's none of our fucking business. And for them to think, for him to think that it is our business, no. And I, I'm just going to assume that his career is over because I don't see anyone. I'm sure he'll create a podcast and he'll do his but, own independent thing. But yeah, his career is over. I mean, I, I mean, Brody Lee's. I remember him in Shakara. I watched a little bit of that. I mean, he's been everywhere. I was looking. He's been in Shikara, Squared Circle Wrestling. And he was all ROH. 
And being from the Rochester area, he uh, had an association with the Buffalo uh, crew with yeah. Patrick Parks and uh, even Garcia and uh, Bennett and Blackwood and stuff like that. And he, uh, I saw a tribute from Kevin uh, Bennett saying that he was always like really positive to him. Anytime he saw each other, give him a hug, you know, and it wasn't just, oh yeah, you're an indie guy showing up here. They actually legit were friends and he was giving advice to people. And so like there's so many people he actually touched because he was in the independence, went to WWE and then finished up, unfortunately, uh, in AEW. 41 years old is way too young to go, but he also had like a 17-ish year uh, career. So he's touched a lot of people. Yeah, I, I was very surprised. Um, so AEW also said though that they signed uh John's son Brody uh to a contract. Um, I also remember hearing uh just recently, maybe even the last episode of uh AEW, uh, their tapings that they did a dark match where Brody Jr. ended up pinning Kenny Omega and they did a whole induction of him into the uh dark order gave him a mask named him negative one or minus one and so he all was brought in that way and he thought that i thought at first when i heard about it that it was maybe his birthday or something like that and they were having a fun thing like that but now to hear his father passed away and so they probably did it because his brody was not uh, well john wasn't well and so they wanted to cheer up his kid uh for doing that so he's been also given an AEW contract that when he's old enough to actually start that he'll start there uh first and foremost and see what happens from that point uh pro and tease has announced that all proceeds from Brody lee merchandise uh, will be donated to his family along with cm punk and mick foley they said that they're going to donate their sales to uh, the Huber family for uh, support that way. And as I mentioned, Kevin Blackwood uh, did a really great drawing of uh, Brody in his uh, three incarnations, uh, basically from Indy, uh, a bludgeon brother, and also then uh, Mr. Brody Lee. And uh, it's a wonderful drawing that a lot of people have already requested. I'm not sure the, the price at the moment offhand, but he said- 120, I think. Maybe. Um, or that's how many he's already, that's people have already bought. Sold in a little bit. So he was going to extend it to Monday for people to contact him. So if you can find uh, Kevin Blackwood on uh, either uh, YouTube, or sorry, uh, Instagram, Twitter, or uh, Facebook, Reach out to him, see this wonderful drawing, and uh, support the Huber family. Um, one last uh, thing involving uh, Jonathan Huber's uh, passing is that because of um, his passing, tonight was supposed to be night number one of their New Year's bash, and next week was supposed to be night two. However, they've moved it uh, to next week and the following week, and this week they're going to be doing a tribute show to uh, Brody Lee, Jonathan Huber, uh, Mr. Brody Lee. And as you see up here on the screen, these are the matches that are happening tonight at 8 p.m. This is also one of the reasons why we're going early today because we wanted to make sure that we got this done so we could uh, end up watching the show ourselves. But tomorrow is also New Year's Eve, and I didn't want to do something on New Year's Eve at like 8 p.m either so that's why the change in schedule but if you're uh, watching AEW tonight uh brody jr uh negative one he uh worked with tony khan to put together this uh card and it's going to feature the uh AEW tag team champions the young bucks teaming with colt cabana to go against uh matt hardy and private party eddie kingston butcher and blade with bunny in their corner is going to go against lance archer Evil Uno and Stu Grayson. I think I had mentioned uh, to you, Stephen, when we were uh, talking, where does Dark Order go from here? Who takes over? And I had actually thought Archer and uh, Jake Roberts potentially. And so it's kind of cool that Archer is going to be with 
uh, the Super Smash Brothers, uh, Dark Order, whatever uh, Grayson and Uno want to be called officially, but we know them as Super Smash Brothers uh, as part of Dark Order. But as archers there, who knows? Your thoughts before we run the rest of the card? I don't know. I really would hope that Jake Roberts and Lance Archer, but I also could see them just disbanding the Dark Order, which I think would be not ideal. I mean, I would like to see either have Matt Hardy or Lance Archer run it, take over. Hardy would be interesting. I didn't think of uh, Matt Hardy, especially if you go back to this uh, deletion uh, sort of character. I mean, I would much rather see Lance Archer um, and maybe trim a little bit of, I, I don't, I, it's so tough to tell what they, they, there's so many options they could do, but I hope they don't rush to do something and I hope they don't wait too long to do something. Yeah. Why I don't do want them to figure it tonight. What do I think is going to happen tonight? No, I'm, I said maybe they'll figure it out tonight and have an idea of where they move forward, even though this I, is uh, Brody's <laughs> son putting it together as far as the, the matches go. The only way I would hope that they, if they know what they want to do, his his family and his son, okay, if they're going to do it tonight, with it being the Brody Lee celebration of life, if the family's on board, cool. And I don't need to know if the family's on board, sure. but I would hope that they just wouldn't do it and then ask like i hope they would have if they're gonna replace Brody lee as the leader then have brody jr and the family give a blessing at least, sort of yeah at least know and be okay with who's taking over i mean i the only person i could think of that would make the most sense would be lance archer but they may just because what is there? There's like Cole Cabana, the Dark Order, uh, you know, Grayson. Silver, uh, five and ten, uh, Anna um, Jay or Agent 99. Yeah, there, there's so many that uh, honestly, I would actually honestly much rather just be Jake Robert. They Archer breaks away from him, and then Archer, like, you've got to somehow come up with something. Yeah. I, I don't Jake, know where they go. Jake could be a good mastermind talker for them without having to get in. Well, that's what I'm thinking. I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm but that's why I thought Archer as well, because that could be the muscle uh, leader like Brody was, but without, at the same time, you don't want to uh, be a carbon copy. Well, that's my that's one of my concerns. It's a big kind of carbon copy. Matt Hardy would be something different, but I don't want them to get into the haha silly with Matt Hardy. So I, it'll be interesting. I mean, if Eddie Kingston already wasn't leading a group, that would be a perfect fit because he's got the cult-like personality so and he's able to talk so yeah who knows uh like i said eight o'clock tonight it's going to unfold uh looking at the rest of the card inner circle mjf santana and ortiz are going to team together to go against hangman page john silver and alex reynolds they teamed together uh two weeks ago i believe on AEW, and they're still trying to court uh hangman page to be part of uh the dark order uh, then women's competition is going to have a uh, four-way, or sorry, a tag team match with four uh, women, Anna Jay and Tay Conti. Uh, Anna Jay is part of Dark Order, and they're going to go against Dr. Britt Baker and uh, Penelope Ford. Obviously, Kip Saban and Reba are going to be uh, with them. And what will presumably be the main event of uh, the 
uh, Brody Lee Jr. dream match. It's actually being uh, called, as you see here on the screen. And it's the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes, uh, Orange Cassidy, and Dark Warrior number 10 taking on Team Taz, which uh, consists of Brian Cage, Ricky Starks, and uh, Hobbs, Powerhouse Hobbs. And Chris Jericho was scheduled to be on commentary and is still going to be on commentary for tonight. So I'm going to assume uh, night number one of their uh, New Year's bash will then have uh, Snoop Dogg as the commentator then and not have to bump him as well. So we'll find out. I mean, the, the dream match, the Burley Lee Jr. dream matches, uh, Cody, 10, and Orange Cassie are his um, – Three favorite wrestlers. So, it's going to be something. Oh, yeah. I know how much of a fan of Orange Cassidy you are uh, for that. I even called him because of the situation, his real, his, his rest, his gimmick name, only because it's of the situation. Exactly. I'm slightly surprised. I mean, I know they're going to do the 10 bell salute at the start of the show. And they've already said that they're going to have videos of wrestlers um, and AEW personnel I'm talking about Brody. I was kind of surprised five matches. I would have thought maybe six just to shorten the matches because I don't know how mentally ready the AEW roster is going to be for this. I mean, look at after Eddie Guerrero and Chris Benoit died or Chris Benoit's thing. Um, I think all the wrestlers weren't mentally there. And if I remember, there was quite a few matches on both of those shows. It just seemed to, because I don't know. Yeah. The Chris Benoit show um, tribute show end up just being a video show that Vince had started off with. But I think you're also thinking the Owen Hart show. Uh, between Owen and uh, Eddie Guerrero's tribute uh, shows, I remember there being a Godfather match on one of them. And uh, I think it might have been Road Dog or something. I'm just thinking offhand who it was. But uh, he was just like, we can have this match or we can just go uh, party and honor uh, whoever it was, I think it was Eddie at that point, and they're just like, "Let's go!" And so people, we had faces against faces, uh, and storyline didn't matter that night, and they just uh, did whatever. Uh, so, yeah, as I said they might not be uh, ready for that. Um, you mentioned ten bell salute, so we talked off the air about uh, the tributes that have come to uh, his legacy. And a lot of people, people I know, people in the business itself, thought that WD did a piss-poor job of honoring him um, and felt that WD needs to be ashamed of themselves because they only put up a graphic. But if you look at it, they put up a graphic, allowed their talent to say, uh, yep, uh, yes, 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 uh, you know what day it is, uh, or it's Monday, you know what that means. Uh, the armband, the uh, discus lariat, and stuff like that. I believe on talking uh, or raw talk, more was talked about uh, uh, Jonathan Huber at that point. But some were disappointed that they didn't get a 10 bell salute and a video. But WD also did stuff on their network and on the website. So, with that said, are you happy with what they did, or would you like to have seen them do different? Because I have an opinion that I'm going to share after. I, and I know we're going to disagree on this. I honestly turned on Raw, the start of Raw on Monday, expecting to see a 10-bell salute. I think he had earned it. Just, uh, now, let me caveat that. Unless AEW had reached out to the WWE and said, can you please let us do the first one out of respect and then you guys can do one on um smackdown nxt or smackdown 
And I'm okay with that. If AEW or John Hubert's family reached out out of respect and WWE didn't, then I'm okay with it. If I have heard that WWE... Sorry. I have heard that uh, Talent did record some uh, videos, maybe on the same line as what we uh, heard with uh, Eddie and uh, Benoit and Owen, where there was clips of Talent uh, paying their respects. So I'm not sure where that's going to get used. Yeah, it was all shot before Monday Night Raw. So this is why I'm honestly thinking there was a backdoor conversation saying, hey, look, this is what the family would like. We want to honor their wishes. Can you help us? Yeah, I, I and can, if that's what happened. I can understand and appreciate that. Um, I, as I said in premise before, I have a totally different uh, view of why people – should not be upset about why WWE did what they did or didn't do in their opinion, because he was a former employee. If he had still been working there, like we just mentioned Eddie and Owen and them, then you bring them out, even Pat Patterson, bring everybody out on the stage, show the picture on the Titan Tron, do the 10 bell salute. Pat Patterson, prime example of what they did to honor somebody just recently. Did they do a 10 bell salute for Pat Patterson? I believe they were uh, on stage at least uh, for Raw and SmackDown and NXT uh, at the start of each show. Uh, but they honored him that way because he still worked there. Jonathan Huber did not work for WD as of the day of his uh, passing. So to do everything that they did do, I think was enough uh, for that because that's what they do for everybody else. You know, they didn't uh, center him out uh, differently unless. They do more for people who work there or did more. But people I... complaining about how it was done, I think, actually tarnishes his memory as opposed to just going, okay, WD, you didn't do what I wanted. I'm going to honor him the way I want to. I'm going to go back and look at this stuff. I'm going to purchase something from uh, Brody Lee or CM Punk or uh, Mick Foley to honor the family not try and just be the cool kid and hang WDO to dry because they didn't do what they wanted to see happen. I disagree. And not because I don't think you have the right to have that opinion. I think with him being so... He was with the WB seven or eight years. Yeah, something and like that. I would have much rather, and I'm okay if they wouldn't have brought everyone out, but I think a 10-bell salute would have been appropriate to start Raw. Again, this is with the caveat that it wasn't asked to be held off by the family. Um, I think a 10-bell salute, even if you didn't have all the talent out, and I get it with COVID, it probably would have been damn near or tough to. But a 10-bell salute, I think with him having so many friends still in the WWE, I think it would have been appropriate and okay. Um, again, we for all we know, the family asked AEW and WWE. And if that's what actually happened, everyone's got to kind of back off. Yep. Let the I family kind of wish... Well, that's the thing, and I kind of wish that, and this is one of the things I wish NXT would do, but I know they're not, well, I wouldn't think they are, to start the show black and almost have a message, turn over to AEW for the 10-bell salute. Or I did see, um, was it, uh, Xavier Woods and Dolph Ziggler have uh, at least them, if not more, uh, tweeted about the fact that they're going to be watching wrestling and mention AEW because of it. The other thing they could do, if the, say AEW and NXT are going to do 10 bells at the same time, kind of time it where one, like, there's got to be a way. I'm sure WWE not doing a 10 bell salute on Monday is going to be, it will come out why. And I, I really, truly do hope that it's 
because the family debt of respect for the family. Um, we'll certainly see. I mean, I, 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 and I don't watch Raw often or very rarely ever. Um, and I was surprised. I tuned in specifically to see the 10 bell salute and I was like, oh, they didn't do it. Oh, but then the more I've thought about it, the more I thought maybe it was a family's request and yeah, because I did read that they shot before Raw all, a whole bunch of wrestlers talking about them. So. And as I said also, how many former employees even do what the WD did? Like, I guarantee you none of my former employees, if I, or employers, if I were have a family member go to uh, the mall and say, hey, Sean's no longer with us. They'd just be like, okay. All right. At yeah. least he had an yeah, effect but- on the business. He was a beloved uh, employee and member of the wrestling family. And so they at least did what they did do so far. I would have still liked to see that, but we'll cert- uh, everything will come out in the wash. In the wash. Yeah. They're there's not too many. I mean, this was a secret, but I mean, usually when it comes to if wrestlers in WWE think that he was disrespected, you know that this it will come out. So, yeah. And that's why none of them got stopped either from talking about it or doing their own uh, honor, like the rest uh, the armband that Woods did and stuff like that. Like if it was such a big deal, they would have uh, stopped him before going through the gorilla position. I mean, um, I think it would have been a shit show, but if they did that, oh yeah, they probably wouldn't have even gone out if that would happen. Um, yeah. Looking at other news quickly, the Miz was giving back the Money in Bank briefcase on Monday because they're saying that John Morrison cashed it in for him, and here you go. Even though you actually wrestled that match that John cashed in for you, but whatever. Is it making a joke out of this whole money in the bank now that no, you can't take it seriously? Here's the thing. It was a joke when they did the money in the bank off the building. Then you put it on Otis. If you never had a plan for Otis to ever cash it in and win. Shouldn't have done it. Exactly. So at this point, this pandemic wrestling is all a lot of jokes. You, it'll be interesting to see where a year from now, where the business stands. It'd be nice. So, I know I'm going to date myself on this reference, but if when pandemic's over, they somehow do some sort of scene like in Dallas where – all of a sudden, it was just a dream that the whole last 18 months or whatever it takes uh, to get back to normal. And then here we go. And everything didn't happen. It was all fantasy. I mean, yeah, if you had no intention of Otis cashing the title in or anything, then should never put on him. So, I mean... I'm disappointed in what they're doing with John Morrison to begin with. He's far too talented. The only thing I can think of is he hurt. Maybe. Like not not injured where he can't be around, but has he tweaked the knee, tweaked the back? And that's why he's really not being physical. I I don't I I don't get it. I kind of hope, in a way, I was just thinking, as you were saying, maybe he's injured. If he is, then he's resting and doing this whole thing with Miz, but, and how wasted he seems to be. Maybe if he helps Miz get the title and then turns on him to get the title for himself. Well, I would love to see that. I There's lots of things. I think John Morrison has the look. And everything. So I'm hoping eventually before he retires, he gets a, a title reign. We'll see what, like, who knows, like, what post-pandemic wrestling is going to look like. Yep. I mean, I'm really hopeful April, May 
things really start where fans are back in the buildings. We're able to go see a show. It's starting to get a little old here. Oh, I get you. Uh, looking further down, uh, did you like the? Did you see all of Raw, or at least know what the ending was with Alexa Bliss pouring gas on herself and wanting Randy to light her on fire, and they you just see Randy holding the match and it goes dark. I didn't like watch that. Raw after, after the the John I the No Ten Bell, uh, but then I watched that on YouTube the next morning, and I was like, if this is the way Raw goes, I could watch it because you still it kind of brought me back to the Attitude Area era because you're like, is he actually gonna? He's not gonna do. And then you're like, I think. Yeah. But then I read that they're potentially doing a, uh, a crazier gimmick match, the Fiend versus Randy Orton at Royal Rumble. And then I was like, please stop. Or maybe uh, instead of uh, pre-recorded gimmick stuff, they do just a three stages of hell like we saw Sean and uh, Triple H do or uh, Triple H and Austin do. I would love that. But unfortunately, now this that they can Well, here's the thing. They can do these gimmicky matches taped and make sure it's what they want until there's fans. It's not going to affect anything. The cinematic Boneyard match was great and it was unique. But if you're doing them every month or every other month, they're not unique and they're not that good anymore. Yeah. So you need, they need to lay off them. Especially Royal Rumble. Don't fuck with my the Royal Rumble. No, it's one of my favorite events of the year. Um, so next Monday uh, is going to be Legends episode of Raw. But it's like almost 20 plus Legends coming back for a three hour episode. And you still have to put the uh, uh, Keith Lee and McIntyre match in there. And how many of these Legends can do anything? Is it just going to be more of Ron Simmons in a party going, damn. Well, there was 23 as of Monday, and then Teddy Long just did an interview and saying he's going to be there, so there's 24. I'm interested, though, because you've got Melina. So is Melina, and supposedly she had signed, remember, back in September, is she going to walk up and somehow slap John Morrison and be like, "Wake, wake up? You're like, which would be interesting. That I could be like, okay. I assume that maybe there. Which I love Carlito. I hope that maybe this is him starting. Maybe he'll be back. I don't know. I was very surprised there was that many. A, I'm assuming a lot of them, and this is an assumption at this point because of the pandemic, a lot of them are going to be doing kind of what we're doing because some of those people are old. Some of the yeah, people but Flair showing up how many times? To me, Flair, Hogan, you know they're going to be there. But, I mean, how do you bring in 24-plus legends? And some of them were stretching the word legend for. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean... And what do you do with them all? Like, I don't get it. Uh, I don't get it either. I, at one point when they announced it, I really thought they were going to do the legends, but do like a, a, um, almost like a hall of fame. Yeah. Kind of, and I would have been okay with that, but I, I don't, I, I assume that there's, a couple of these women, like Mickey James is considered a legend. She's still on the active yeah. roster. Yeah. So how is that a legend? I'm guessing maybe a couple of these, the women especially, there'll be a match maybe. I, I don't know how you work in all these legends. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm guessing... Some of it's going to be pre-taped because you can 
if they're do using a Zoom or something, because I'm guessing a lot of these are going to be on Zoom. Yeah, because Tori Wilson's yeah. there. It's supposed to be Alicia Fox, Ivory. Yeah, yeah. Let let hold on, hold on. Legends Night, Alicia Fox. Exactly. Let that sink in, people. Uh, so I'm guessing there's going to be a three or four zooms with five or six of them on something quick. If that's okay, if that's what they're doing, honoring some of the um, people who we've lost in 2020, like a Pat Patterson, a Roadwire Animal, we could, and there it's kind of moves along. Uh, yeah, but we'll see. I'm probably won't watch it. I will watch the Keith Lee Drew McIntyre match the next day, but I yeah. Um. So on Grill and Jr. He, he was asked uh, the ratings. Uh, he thinks they're slumping WWE, and he blames it basically on there's no must see uh, talent, and they're all fifty fifty booking. I gotta agree with him on that one. Uh, there's nobody rising up when you do that. But there's no one rising up in AEW either. So he's got to also call out AEW. I mean, I expect AEW to do a million views tonight. Oh, if yeah. they don't hit a million, I would be very surprised. Shocked. Yeah. I would be, yeah. I mean, I'm not a big fan of JR's podcast. I, I'm just not. I like his podcast, but, uh, you know, not everybody can listen to everything or enjoy it at all. Uh, Ryback is claiming that apparently Vince McMahon is sick and was wishing him better health so that they can continue their legal battles over his name and uh, still wants to kick his ass. So aside from the legal battles and wanting to kick Vince McMahon's ass that way, is Ryback uh, telling us that Vince is not healthy? No, Ryback's crazy, and I'm not even going to justify him talking okay. because there we go. I, I, there's not a chance Ryback would know if McMahon's healthy or not. Right. Uh, so, WD, you're planting seeds uh, for the Universal title match between Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan to happen at WrestleMania instead of facing off at the Royal Rumble. Brian uh, has entered himself into the Rumble, and he vowed to Paul Heyman on Talking Smack that he would uh, win it and face Roman at Mania. Uh, to add to the speculation, though, at the same time, WD uh, Network is going to be showing a day of episode going all the way back to the 2014 Royal Rumble, which I was at in Pittsburgh. It was the final match for CM Punk as he uh, was in the match for a long time, and that was his issues with the doctor that he took to court. Uh, so I don't know how much of that they're going to touch on, obviously. Uh, but also, that was the same event that Daniel Bryan started off and lost to the, uh, Bray Wyatt. And everybody expected him to show up at the end of uh, the Rumble. And number 30 was Rey Mysterio. And he got booed out of the building because he wasn't Daniel Bryan. Uh, and, of course, we saw what happened afterwards. They corrected it and got him to WrestleMania 30 and into the main event. But that uh, Royal Rumble was monumental in a way because that was Punk's last day and where fans actually got to have their voice heard afterwards. That was something that, if you ask, I'm sure McMahon, WWE creative, they wish they could go back and change that. Oh, yeah. I remember that uh, event, and I was like directly uh, crossing the ring, and then the uh, uh, stage, and right below me was the uh, little talk set uh, for the pre-show. But yeah, to see Rey Mysterio booed like he was, I was just like, "What?" It was kind of weird. I ran into Jerry the King Lawler also uh, at uh, the hotel that night because we stayed over before driving back. Uh oh, no, Chad, Bray will uh, not come after Hulk. Bray will come after Hulk because of what no. Alexa said. Um, last Wednesday, Chris Jericho found himself trending on Twitter, uh, but not for the best of reasons. Uh, because the uh, last episode of Dynamite 
followed uh, the Bucks game, the NBA game, and so NBA fans were still around watching. And it was started off with Jericho and MJF against uh, Pop Light, and a lot of people were tweeting about how Jericho has a dad bod and is looking fat and gross, uh, and wondering, wow, he's still around. Um, so tweeting for the and trending for the wrong reasons, uh, for sure. Would you agree with them, or you know, does Jericho get a pass still because of everything that he's done? The thing is, is he's what 50 something, 50 just turned 50. I think people really need to lay off body shaming, that's not something I'll even get into. Body shaming is not cool. And for these NBA fans who aren't wrestling fans, next. Yeah. Uh, okay, before we uh, discuss uh, Wrestle Kingdom and then Go Hard Pro, uh, Impact uh, is going to have Genesis on Impact Plus. It's on Saturday, January 9th. They're having a Super X Cup with the X Division type uh, talent. Ace Austin against Suicide, Davari against Cousin Jake, uh, Crazy Steve against Trey Lamar, Casey Navarro, I have no idea who couple these guys are, is taking on Blake Christensen, or Christian, and that's going to happen on uh, Impact Plus, part of Genesis on Saturday, November, I mean, sorry, January 9th. Well, I'm already jumping to November. Look at that. Um. We talked about Go Hard uh, Pro with uh, Holden Albright last week. So just looking over the uh, card, Tony Bologna ended up uh, walking everybody to the show, turned it over to Josh Alexander and his wife, uh, who read a Night Before Christmas story. And our first match saw Jody Threat against Von Vertigo in a Presence Under the Tree match. And all the presents that were under the tree were legal to use. Jody, of course, got a present of uh, skateboard and Vertigo got a Chris Jericho action figure. In the end, all that got used. Uh, really good match as far as I uh, was concerned. And Jody ended up uh, hitting an F5 on her skateboard to pick up the victory and took the Jericho action figure as her uh, prize as well. Uh, you commented about this show being something you normally would not enjoy, but we're enjoying. Yes. So if you watch this, you know that I don't like comedy wrestling. And I was very concerned that I wasn't going to like this. About three matches in, I messaged Holden and I was like, you have me hooked. I don't, I shouldn't like this. Everything in my soul tells me I shouldn't like this, but I love it. And uh, I mean, I absolutely love the cards front to back. Uh, I loved when Von Vertigo threw the Chris Jericho action figure at Jody Threat and said, look, it was the Judas effect. And I started laughing and I was like, I love the, I, I mean, it was fun. I enjoyed it. Everyone. Well, and everyone, as much as it was comedy, it wasn't completely the the competitors could wrestle so it was great to see they threw comedy in but you also saw a lot of athleticism jody threat was ripped and i was afraid that she could have just ripped people's heads off vertigo was gonna die yeah yeah von vertigo looked like i've every time i've seen him looks amazing he i don't know how he's not same with Jody Threat. I'm not sure how she's not signed to a major promotion. I don't know. I'm pretty sure there's an AEW who needs women who could actually wrestle. So I'm really confused how she's not. But that's okay. We get to see her then. Exactly. Uh, so then Feroza and Holden Albright were uh, in a bar. is uh, hating on Christmas. Starts rambling, getting drunk. Gives uh, Albright a costume and says, we're out of here to ruin somebody's Christmas. Uh, we see Alexia and Nicole dreaming of Christmas and uh, even uh, Christmas vacation and her wrestling again. Then there's a uh, match deemed a Frank Shirley match 
where the winner gets to deliver a monologue. I had Evan Greenway uh, taking on Kobe Durst, and it looks like they had to put a bow on their head uh, to get a chance to uh, do some ranting. That happened back and forth, but it got stopped numerous times until Durst ended up hitting a uh, double forearm splash onto Greenway and ended up uh, putting the bows on and just let him have it. And that's when Brad ended up ringing the bell and saying that uh, Kobe was the winner. I've seen Kobe Durst on YouTube a whole bunch. I've never seen Evan Green. Well, Greenway. So, Greenway. I mean, it, it was funny. It was short. I was surprised at how short it was. Uh, yeah. Then we saw Steve Brown and Scotty O'Shea in a uh, white van uh, trying to get to, it uh, looks like, uh, Hamilton Pro Wrestling uh, facility. And they were going to uh, break in and steal the medal from it to have a Merry Christmas uh, with the money that they ended up uh, scoring from it. They said that the owner was away and that some kid was uh, left in charge of it. And then they almost hit Travis Moore and they end up leaving and Moore's like, I'll be ready for you when you come back. And Steve Brown and uh, O'Shea said they'd come back around nine o'clock when uh, they had, after they had some food and they had lights because O'Shea is afraid of the dark. You could see where that was going, and I, uh, I enjoyed it. And they, were, they kept calling Travis Moore a girl. Look at that girl. And I just started laughing. Like, they, they had me in stitches. That the, the whole Home Alone parody had me every time it was on. Uh, there was holiday greetings from uh, Revolution uh, Wrestling, including Amy Crimson. Surprisingly, I say uh, Leah Vaughn was uh, in that uh, montage. Casey Spinelli, Nova, Crystal Moon, Shiloh. Madison Miles, Devia, and Bianca Corelli. So a uh, good representation of uh, different organizations as Holden told us that it was going to be uh, during that night. Uh, Shane Saber uh, defeated uh, Del Bruno in a really hard-hitting, straight-up uh, match. There wasn't any gimmicks to it. I think that was my first time seeing Del Bruno. Uh, I definitely enjoy him. He's uh, mainly in the Alpha One area and uh, great talent that way. So I'd love to see more of Del Bruno. Fruiza and Albright. I'd never seen Del Bruno. And I was like, I want to see more. That, that match was amazing. Yeah, I, I think somebody like Del Bruno against uh, maybe a Tarek or a Brent Banks would just be a mind-blowing sort of match. Yes. Albright and Froeza break into Alexia Nicole's house and steal her tree after she passes out. Uh, more Christmas messages, including Anthony Kingdom James doing uh, movie recommendations. And I have to disagree with Kingdom. Die Hard is a Christmas movie, damn it. And so is Gremlin. Uh, then there was a tag team match with Fariza and Albright taking on Alexi and Cole, and it was supposed to be Santa Puff, but he couldn't get across the border, sent a lovely message, and sent a substitute in all-ego Ethan Page. And so that was a uh, back, good back-and-forth match uh, between them with Albright uh, and Fariza losing to Nicole, uh, Alexi and Nicole and Ethan Page. And, of course, the main event, was a Home Alone-inspired uh, uh, movie cinematic uh, match with uh, Scotty O'Shea and Steve Brown against Travis Moore. And Jay Loon came to the rescue when uh, they finally got a hold of Travis Moore. And, yeah, uh, O'Shea and Brown got taken off to jail. So, oh, I, I did miss, though, the... Uh, Santa Claus beating uh, Santa Ricky in a Santa suit match. Uh, I'm not sure who was oh, playing yeah. Santa Claus in that match, but uh, yeah, pretty Ricky being stripped down. Not sure I want to see that ever again. No, no, I'm good. No, but I'm good. That, that was Go Hard Pro, and uh, definitely enjoyed the uh, show. And uh, Congratulations to all the people who were involved, Holden Albright, all the talent that uh, took 
uh, part in it. Behind the scenes uh, camera guys, the guys who did the artwork in between, uh, the editors, and of course there was that list of uh, people who uh, got in and sponsored. I saw uh, Doug from Midwestern Wrestling was on there. I believe uh, also Ryan Knight. Uh, he was part of uh, donors. Um, yeah, I just wish I'd been able to uh, get in there on time. But we are looking to uh, help out maybe in the, if definitely, should I say, with the next one. And we'll talk about that behind the scenes and see what happens along the way. So that's what's going on. The last thing I'm going to get to is uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling has got Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, number 15 on uh, January 4th and 5th. And uh, so night one, night two. I got the card up. Yeah, I'm going to bring it up uh, here. Night one has uh, Takahashi against El Phantasmo. And so it's best of uh, the Super Juniors 27 winner versus the uh, Super Jacob 2020 winner in a special match. Uh, Kenta, the IWGP US uh, heavyweight uh, right to challenge contract. Uh, Kenta is uh, going to take on Juice Robinson. Uh, the winner of this, I believe, is going to go against John Moxley at a future date. I think he's the one who has the uh, title. Surprisingly, no uh, sign of Moxley or uh, Jericho on this card, but you never know. It is night number one. Um, uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi taking on the great Okan. There's going to be a IWGP Tag Team Championship match with Tashi and Zack Sabre Jr. taking on Tamatanga and Tonga Loa. A special singles match featuring uh, Okada taking on Will Ospreay. And the main event as the IWGP uh, heavyweight and uh, IWGP intercontinental uh, champion, uh, Tetsuo Naito taking on Kota Ibushi with the winner going against, I believe, uh, Jay White the next night. Thoughts on night number one? I'm excited. You missed the dark match. is going to be the New Japan Rambo, which is their version, basically, of the Royal Rumble. Um yeah, I'm excited. I'm quite excited for night one and night two. So, um, I mean, this will be something. And I don't think Jericho and Moxley will show up just because of, I don't know, a funny little thing called COVID. Yeah. Well, uh, with Jericho especially uh, being on tonight's AEW show, uh, that's definitely a out because, you know, he can't go over there and quarantine and all this other stuff. Moxley could have potentially with the amount of timing he's been off since uh, December 2nd. So who knows? Maybe he will show up. Uh, but he was supposed to wrestle tonight. If, if there wasn't the sudden path, passing of um, Brody Lee, he would have been wrestling tonight. He was he advertised was to wrestle. On, uh, the uh, New Year's Smash? Uh, yeah, yeah he was. Advertised on night one. Okay, I missed that uh, part of the advertisement because I do did know about the uh, uh, Phoenix against uh, Omega match, but I hadn't heard anything else. And Sting showing up. Night number two on uh, January fifth, we'll have uh, Takagi taking on Jeff Cobb for the Never Open Weight uh, Championship. There's going to be a special singles match with Sonata taking on Evil. And the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship will be online with Ishimori taking on Mr. X. That has yet to be determined who is there unless there's been an update on that card. I don't believe so. I think there's going to be a winner of one of the night number ones that uh, slide in there. And as you were talking about the... Uh, uh, KOPW 2021 uh, four-way, that is going to be the four remaining people from the um, dark match on night number one going against each other in 
uh, that match. Carrying on, two more matches. The IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team uh, titles will be on the line as El Desperado and uh, Kimura taking on Takochi and Master Wado. And as I mentioned, the main event for night number two will be the winner of uh, night number one's match featuring uh, Nato and Ibushi uh, going against Jay White, who will be challenging for the uh, double gold. And you'll have a new double gold champion in Jay White at the end of night two. Do you think uh, you're going to be interesting yeah, prediction. You're going to have you're going to have some bullet club. I think uh Gorillas of Destiny will win the tag titles. There's going to be some changes. Big night, for big night and a lot of titles changing. Do you see it being Naito against Jay White or it will it be Ibushi winning on uh, the yeah. uh, fourth and losing on the fifth? Be Naito cuz it'll be full circle. Interesting. Okay. So that is everything that's going on this week. Uh, sending condolences once again out to the families of uh, Brody Lee and also Danny Hodge. And uh, we'll see you again next week back on Thursday night at 8 o'clock for our regular show. Uh, tune in tomorrow at noon for episode number two of uh, This Week in History. Jonesy and I sit down and talk about the week of uh, December 25th to uh, December 31st. There's a lot of birthdays, uh, final battles, and uh, Starcades involved with that. So that's happening at noon tomorrow. And we're going to try and put together some sort of year-end show, whether it's uh, coming out Friday or Sunday, depending on our uh, schedules. But there will be something honoring all the title changes, all the people who uh, passed away, and some of the great moments and matches of the year. So uh, be on the lookout for that uh, show to come out. Anything else you want to add before we get out of here, Stephen? No, I, I happy 2020 is behind us, and I'm looking forward to 2021, and hopefully be at arenas watching live independent wrestling and uh, see our great fans. Excellent. Yeah, same here. Uh, so if you're not with us to, tomorrow for this week in history, have a happy new year in your isolation bubble, wherever you're at. Stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll be back next, excuse me, next week. Mm -hmm.